St. Martin's School Radio. Jordi Alba, Lionel Messi! Oh my goodness! Lionel Messi does it again, he's superhuman! Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Ilzaka trying to help Orion Robin! They are still mired! It's a sharing up and so sorry, Jimmy! Manchester United have reached the promised land! The two substitutes have scored the two goals in stoppage time. Welcome to the St. Martin's uh, football show. In today's show, we'll be looking back at the latest round of Premier League fixtures with uh, our... Off with my team, Man United, against Brighton. Um, the early game on Saturday, we won 3-2. It wasn't the best performance again from us. Um, Morpé put Brighton ahead in the 40th minute for a penalty and a Lewis Dunk own goal. Um, Took it 1-1 at half-time and then Rashford scored a brilliant goal in the uh, second half before Solly Marsh equalised in the 95th minute. And personally, I thought oh, that was it. But the drama was just starting there as um, 
Harry Maguire from a corner, headed it. It got cleared off the line from Solly March. And um, it was a handball from Neil Morpe. There was quite clearly a handball, really. It was a stupid error. But um, the full time whistle then went. And it was, um, as you could probably imagine, a brilliant penalty from Bruno in the 100th minute. But um, you've got, I've got a feel for Brighton that... They hit the woodwork five times. No one's done that since 2003 to four. Um, Trossard was the first player to hit it three times since Ronaldo against Newcastle in 2006. So they were um, very unlucky, but um, well, we didn't play well at all. And if you've got to be honest, they deserved at least probably a point, possibly a win. Uh, that Solly Marsh was brilliant, and. Uh, and the match, but like Bruno, um, he said Brighton say, uh, quote him on this. Brighton said they played better, but the point is to score goals, not to hit the post or the crossbar, which is kind kind of right. But that's mm, really too, obviously. Yeah, it it just wasn't a good performance, and Brighton have definitely improved from last year. Um, obviously relegation candidates from last year but I, I, I don't know we, we have got improved so we got him in the League Cup this week so hopefully do you, Lloyd we'll start off with you do you think now we'll kick on from you uh, oh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure to be honest like it, yeah. it, it's United and the United are a weird team especially in the RA. it's just like you said, it's, it's consistency. We didn't perform well against Palace, and team selection showed that. Um, and right in, we were just sloppy. We had a few good moments and building up. Um, Rashford obviously getting that goal, and then Bruno's brilliant penalty. But uh, we'll talk more about it later. But this VAR and the handball rule has just got ridiculous now. And as we saw, that it was not being biased here, but from a neutral point it was a handball and you could see Neil Morpe clearly knew that afterwards it's just a, a stupid error but Bruno as we said brilliant scored his last 18 penalties as a Mr Penalty in four years and um, since April 2016 he was quite brilliant but um, one of the factors uh, that's key to um, obviously Man United's future success is um, the transfer window and that closes next Monday um, we have obviously again been linked with Jaden Sancho. Now there has been a few developments on that. That we offered 91 million, um, as you'd expect. Dortmund have rejected that. They want 105, I think I'm going to say. Um, but he was left out of their um, squad that went to Munich for the German Super Cup with Roman Perky because of um, respiratory infections. But Dortmund did say they didn't test positive. Um, Max, can you see uh, a sign in Jaden Sancho? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Unless you miraculously pull out £120 million, then no, because it's, it's been made clear by Dortmund that they're going to reject anything that isn't that. It is. It's worth saying that, though, we, like they said on regular um, shows, and we've said on this show, and they've said on Sky that. It was the same with Harry Maguire last year. We were standing firm on not paying um, what they wanted. Um, they obviously, we did pay what Leicester wanted in the end. So hopefully we do, or possibly Dortmund do drop the price. But I know some of the rumours have been linked with Usman Dembele, 
Kante as well. We've been linked with Cavani and Jovic. Um, I don't think none of them will probably happen. I know we've been linked with um, Alex Tesley from Porto, left back, who's out of contract the um, end of next season, 20 million, which it is a gamble. I haven't seen much of him personally, but what I have here, he is a good signing. And like other clubs, we've been linked with Milik from um, Napoli. But as you said, it is. It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of them was 50-50, really. It could happen if, if we fork off, uh, fork out, I should say, 120 million. But at the minute, it doesn't look um, look that way. There are a few departures, though. Um, Andreas Pereira looks like he's going to Lazio on loan with um, a possible um, obligation to buy or an option to buy, which hasn't been decided yet. And interesting about that, that uh, Lazio pay all his wages. Um, Chris Morning looks like he's set to go to Rome. Obviously, he was on loan there last year. Um, a relief for us as well that Dan James um, could possibly leave us in the... Um, remaining days he looks like uh, he's going to lead to 12 million but only if uh, we get a replacement so as I said Jaden Sancho, Usman Dembele now he's been um, apparently he's agreed personal terms with Leeds um, 12 million obviously we'd lose 3 million but um, be good probably for Dan James' career and be a good deal for us and Leeds and Leeds were once close signed, uh, closely linked with him um, so can I see any more rivals Probably not. David Alaba's one we've been linked with as well with Man City. I, just, I don't know. It'd be very interesting. Obviously, we've only bought in Donny. Ericsson, just looking now, is another one for 18 million. Obviously, Inter want to get rid of him. But there's loads of rumours going around. I just don't think at the minute we can be 100% sure on if we are going to bring any um, other players in. Um as we said, Brighton, brilliant performance. Um, let's quickly wrap up there. Adam Lalana got his um, 450th league appearance, appearing for Brighton in that one. Um, after the uh, dramatic first game on Saturday, it was another game at three o'clock on Amazon. It was Crystal Palace v Everton. Um, Palace winning 2-1 there. Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, continuing his brilliant start to the season. And then Richarlison scoring a penalty. Um, after Czech Kuwaiti got um, a goal for Palace. Um, Max Everton, as you said, unbeaten 100% record so far. Can they kick on from you now? Well, I think obviously, you know, they, they, they looked good. Uh, probably going to continue to look good, but I think in terms of them continuing to win every single game, obviously, I, you'd think that's going to end at some point, right? Um, I think the defence, yeah. unless they strengthen, obviously I think we mentioned uh, to Debo uh, on last show, but I think I still think that defence is um, questionable, especially the two centre backs. And obviously there's questions raised about Pickford and goal, but I do I think that they will do keep the 100% record. No, obviously not. Um, and I think maybe this is a you know a good patch of form, a purple patch for them. Um, but then I think maybe later on in the season they're probably going to get exposed a little bit more. You think? Yeah, I think they got a Merseyside derby coming up, and then it's um, starting to get a bit tougher from there. Um, but one of the main incidents was um, for Richarlison's penalty, um, the handball against Joel Ward. Now we'll talk. Obviously, there's been several incidents. 
Lloyd, was it a penalty for you? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that one. It was a penalty, to be honest. Yeah, there was ref dick over to the monitor, which is um, improving. Like I said, we'll discuss more with you um, several incidents this weekend. Um, the next game after was West Brom v um, Chelsea. West Brom drawing 3 3 there. Brilliant start. Uh, new signing, Callum Robertson. But. Um, scored in the fourth minute and the 25th minute and then a Kyle Bartley um, tapping from a corner but West Brom 3-0 up in the second half Mason Mount replied with an absolute brilliant strike and then goals from Callum Hudson-Odoi and Tammy Abraham in the 93rd minute um, got Frank a point there which looked very unlikely at some stages um, we talk enough on Chelsea West Brom um, now, Lloyd, after seeing that performance against Chelsea, can you see him staying up? Uh, oh, I, like, I, I want to say potentially, but honestly, without with defence, like, uh, like obviously they, they had a very strong performance, very good attacking performance, but then they still did throw away three goal lead. Like, uh, I, I am torn. Like, they're, they're a good team. They can clearly produce some decent performances, but I, I still don't think they have what it takes to stay up. Yeah, as you said, the um, Callum Robson did well in his debut there. But um, defensively, I know they brought in Ivanovic, ex-Chelsea. Um, but apart from that, they don't don't look the best at the back. Obviously, Pereira, who's been brilliant in midfield, and he was um, brilliant in the Championship last year, and he's had a brilliant start to the Premier League. Um, they got that West Ham um, midfielder Dagnano as well, who obviously scored against Everton. So they have got. Um, some talent, as you said, it is going to be a tough season for them. Um, also on Saturday night, Southampton won away at um, Burnley. A Danny Ings goal after five minutes um, secured the Saints three points there. It was the first time they won at Burnley since 1971. Um, back-to-back defeats for Burnley then. Um, as I said, I think they struggle this season. I, I think I think I said they come 16th. I think um, Southampton on the the other foot, though, Ralph Arsenal said he wants up to three signings um, to boost the squad. One of them was um, is Tom Davis from Everton. Um, Max, how far now, um, if they do sign Tom Davis and get in another two players, how far up the league can Southampton go now? I think with the system that they play and how committed, especially the end of last season, they had an excellent run of form. Um, I mean, pretty much all the whole second half of last season, they were excellent. Um, again, if new signings like uh, Hamis Salisu kick on, I think, and you know, get into that, get into that team and allow the high line system that they're playing to, to to work properly, I think they could push for the top half. Maybe even, I think maybe Europe is too much to ask, but definitely top half. I think is 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 what they they're looking at. And I think a sign like Tom Davis. I think obviously Hoybier left. Um, I think he. Could be a, a good replacement for a player like that. I think, yeah. If if you listen to Hassan Hootel, a manager who clearly has, if he knows what's going on, he knows what he wants. I think you're definitely looking at success for them. Yeah, and it's all um, as you said. Obviously, they got a good squad, but it's all you probably say down to Danny Ings as well, who was on um, brilliant form towards the end of last season and um, started well. This season, um, really though, they have um, Kondaisha said that he wants to bring players in that's um, struggling with injuries 
start the season than were last season. They brought in Dale Stevens from Brighton for one million. They were also interested in Celtic midfielder Ryan Christie, um, which most likely um, is going to happen in the next few days. Obviously, they've only brought in, um, as I said, Dale Stevens and Will Norris, goalkeeper from um, Wolves. So, disappointing start for Burnley, but um, Sean Dyche being a great manager wouldn't surprise you if they did bounce back. Um, on Sunday then, there was um, loads of games, actually. Um, first one was the Yorkshire Derby. Sheffield United played Leeds. Um, Patrick Bamford scoring after uh, 88 minutes to uh, secure the win for Leeds. Their first away victory in 16 years. Um, this week, they announced the signing of defender Diego Lorente from Real Sociedad for 20 million. Um, but Patrick Bamford, as you said, brilliant start to the season. The first Leeds player in 52 years to score in three consecutive top flight games. Um, for Leeds, then Lloyd, um, obviously they almost got a point against Liverpool, um, beat Fulham 4 3. How far now can they go up the league? Uh, oh, well, yeah. It's another one of the teams. It's like they they clearly have a good attack. They clearly have good potential. Then the defense is once again letting them down. Uh, like you like you said, they conceded conceded four to Liverpool, conceded three to Fulham. Then they to keep a clean sheet away Sheffield United. So I, I definitely believe they have the the potential to like easily push above like like the bottom five. I I think they'll finish probably around like probably around tenth, just because the defense is going to. An, uh, an area they need to improve but they have already spent like a decent amount of money there yeah and during um, Marco Bielsa that um, can lead them to success as Mr Lopez said he's highly rated in um, that department but on the other foot Sheffield United who did really well last year um They've got a tough running now. They got you on um, Sunday, Lloyd. They got Fulham, and then they got Liverpool and Man City. So not the best starts for Sheffield United. Um, as you said, tough running there, but they got a great manager in Chris Wilder. You know they've been looking to strengthen with Rian Brewster, who um, could sign there. Um, I know Palace and Villa have been linked to them as well. Daniel Sturridge has been linked with um, move there. Can uh, Will Sheffield United stay up this season, man? Sheffield, I definitely think they'll stay up. Um, had a really shaky start of the season, but we saw last season that they were obviously contending for Europe. I don't think a team like that, who showed such consistency over the course of the season, fell off a little bit towards the end. But if they're able to show that consistency across the whole season, I think they'll definitely have the quality. And I mean, in terms of you know the, the team, they they maybe have some injuries, but Acquisitions, I think, have been poor. There's definitely some downgrades, um, especially in goalkeepers in the empty mistakes, obviously. Dean Henderson returned to Man United now. A big miss. Ramsdale isn't anywhere near as good as um, Henderson. And you'll be you know, looking at lots of clean sheets, you know, maybe gone now. But other than that, I think... Maybe a bottom half finish, but still, I think survival is is possible for them. Yeah, it was a um, a brilliant um, first season in the Premier League last. You know, a lot of people have rated them um, very highly and expected them to finish high up in the league. 
this year. But as you said, shaky start, but um, they're the team that could bounce back. Um, the next game on Sunday, Matt X was your team. Um, Tottenham, they played Newcastle at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mora put Tottenham ahead after 25 minutes. And then in the 97th minute, another uh, VAR given penalty was given to Callum Wilson. And he uh, slotted it home, so Newcastle drew 1-1. Um, first of all, Max, I'll start off with you. Um, we'll talk about the penalty later on. Was it a better Tottenham performance this week, and is it the best you've seen this season? An incredible performance, I think. Like a good. The only thing is, the, the, you know, the in front of goal, you know, 12, 13 shots on target, and only a single goal is, is terrible. Their goalkeeper, their second choice goalkeeper, Darlow had a man of match performance, which is obviously going to help them a little bit. But I, 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 it's difficult to say really whether you'd call that a good or a bad performance. But other than you know the lack of um, the lack of quality in front of goal, maybe it's kind of difficult to to say. But other other than other than that issue, then. I think it was an excellent performance. Defensively, it was very, I mean, it's not the, the greatest attacking team to come up against. Obviously, uh, the Maximilian's out. But other than that, very sound all across the pitch. But, you know, great, you know, we created some great chances as well. But again, just couldn't finish them. And that penalty, obviously, never going to come onto it. But it's very unfortunate to be like that. As you said about um, Newcastle. Keeper Carl Darlow, the um, 11 save he, set saves he made, the most saves by an English goalkeeper in three years in the Premier League. So it was an incredible performance um, by him. Um, the main talking point out of that game then was, of course, the penalty in the last minute. Now, there was a first check for an offside, which was then given onside. And the second check was for a penalty um, that was given for handball. Um, I'll Go back to you, Max. What are your thoughts on that handball? Well, if I think at first you've got to talk about what the free kick was given for. Have you seen the video, Leon? Yeah, I think it was. Well, I, I didn't. I haven't seen the actual video. I, I've heard a few of the pundits talk about it on several um, several sources and um, radio stations and um, TV channels, but not well, basically seen the video. Joe Linton, I believe, just runs into Hoybier, I think it is, and um, like basically right. tackles him to the ground and then wins a free kick for Newcastle. But then, uh, talking about the handball, there's been lots of controversy personally. I don't think it's a pen. I think what is being said is it has to count, which is I think is ridiculous, uh, as, as a penalty if it's over the shoulder. But then you, how do you take into account the fact that he was in the air balancing himself out and then also it came off a rebound off of you know the head of a of a striker of the of the, of the, enemy, of the team but you know maybe by the rules it was of the shoulder okay but still that's a terrible rule in the first place um that's what i think yeah and it's, it's, you rightly say there this they brought in this handball rule that is absolutely ridiculous, right? Now, obviously, I support Man United. We get given a lot of penalties, right? Fair enough. But come on, you you just can't defend anymore. I mean, you see a lot of defenders now with their hands behind their backs. And even then, when 
they got their hands behind their backs and it hit them on the arm. You give us a penalty. Um, Jose said it, uh, Roy Hodgson, sorry, said it clear the other day on I saw a match today that the handball rule should be if it, uh, you're deliberately blocking the goal like it used to be, that should be a handball. Not if you're like blocking blocking it with um, putting your hands behind your back or anything, you're protecting yourself and it's not clear handball. It's just ridiculous. No. It's not just happened on the weekend. As we said, it happened for Joel Ward against Palace. Okay, it was it was a handball against Morpe, but that's another one that's extremely harsh. He went up to head the ball and obviously hitting him on on the hands. It's just getting ridiculous now. And like Jamie Carragher said on Sky, there's football authorities, the FA, the Premier League, FIFA, whoever. Right, we've all got to sit down and say they're just ruining football because it's ridiculous. You see this every week now in the Premier League, and especially with the VAR or all leagues across the world. It's, you just can't continue with it because defenders just won't be able to defend and there just won't be any point because they're going to be worried that there's going to be a handball given against them. Do you agree, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, like especially like with the, how the current rule is, it's, it's hopefully and probably will change. But at the moment, like it hits any part of the trans arm and it's instantly a pen. Like even if it, even if it's like shoulder, like it, it's a horrible one. I believe they change it, and it, like, unless they like change it soon, it probably will change the way defenders will defend. I think I think as well, intentions need to be taken into account. Eric Dyer, for example, wasn't even facing, you know, it passed him. And by the time it hit him, he was, you know, off facing the other way. He didn't even know the ball was anywhere near him. So I think the fact that that is called as a pen, I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong. Or is he meant to jump up in the air with his hands by his side? That's impossible. They just need to think, be more logical about how they award these penalties, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it was a. Um... Big moment in obviously in that game, Callum Wilson, brilliant penalty they were scoring in the last minute, which um, robbed probably Tottenham of all three points because as you said, it was your best performance of the of the season. But uh, that's how uh, football goes sometimes. Um, in the next game, Man City played Leicester and it was a very embarrassing performance actually for um, Man City. They lost five to Riyad Mahrez, but Man City ahead with an well. Quite superb, actually. Yeah, from out uh, from the corner that got um, back post and it across the goalkeeper after four minutes. But then he just went downhill from there. Vardy getting a hat trick and the uh, including two penalties. Um, James Madison also getting a goal and assist um, before Ake scoring on his um, home Man City debut and then Tielemann scoring a penalty. Um, after this um, game, I think two days after Man City did react and they signed um, Ruben Diaz from Benfica for 65 million with Nicolas Otamendi going the other way for 15. Um, Man City now, obviously, they've signed this Ruben Diaz Lloyd. Um, can you see him probably getting back on tracks now and possibly challenging for the league? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like he'll definitely help uh, boss their defence, especially until Laporte is probably back as well and probably fit. But like, I'm, I'm not really sure if this will if this will really help the title charge again. And like, it's, it's like Ruben Diaz, he's good. Right? He's coming from the Portuguese league, so like it might take him time to adapt. Like, like a lot of places say the pace of the prime is a lot different, so like, that might be an issue. And like, oh, like there's just 
that you can't really be certain about it. He'll definitely add to the team, but I don't know if it is like I don't feel complete the team. Yeah, and as as you said, very worrying for um for Man City at the minute and Pep. That I know a lot of people have said that um Pep could possibly go at the end of the season if they don't win the league. Obviously, he was bought in to win the Champions League. They haven't done that um yet. But on the other side, though, um, Leicester brilliant season last year and unfortunate to miss out on the top four. Um, but Jamie Vardy, class again. Um, the only player to score two hat-tricks against um, Pep Guardiola. Um, quite brilliant, actually. Um, and he, before he went off, I think hip injury, I think um, they said he went off with. So hopefully he'll be back for the next week's game before the internationals. But it was the first time in 686 games that Pep has conceded five goals. And it was pretty embarrassing for um, Man City. In the end, in that one, but as we said, Leicester brilliant. Um, in the last game um, on Sunday night, he finished West Ham four, Wolves nil. Another embarrassing performance. Um, this time in the face of Wolves, Jared Bowen getting two. Probably could have got at least a hat trick there, possibly more. Um, before very harsh own goal against Raul Jimenez that um, Suchak, in my opinion, personally should have been given the goal. I know you could say yeah, you come off the arm of Jimenez, but yeah, I think Suchet was a bit gutted on that one, but um, such as the um, Premier League um, rules and whoever decides these goal scorers before uh, Sebastian Halley wrapped it up in the 93rd minute um, as it was West Ham's first league victory of the season. But um, for Wolves, obviously they've strengthened this week. They've signed, um, oh, brilliant signing actually. Um, Nelson Semedo from Barcelona, um, once linked to Man United for 36.8 million. Um, good signing in. Obviously, he made his debut against West Ham. Um, talked a lot about Wolves in previous shows, but for West Ham now, um, Max, are they going to um, kick on from this, from this well, thumping victory over Wolves, or is it just a little fluke now? As um, they go into a tough run of fixtures against probably top six teams. Obviously, you've got to take into account the fixtures, but a performance like that will definitely give them confidence. A good performance against Arsenal as well, I think, would have given them confidence to do that. Um, and you can definitely see them improving from now on, even if, you know, maybe the difficult patch of fixtures, they don't do incredibly well for the time being. But long term, Maybe hope to see them improve and maybe people obviously tipping them for relegation, but if they're able to keep putting out performances like that, they'll be uh, more than comfortable. So they should, they should, they should be looking good for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, and as you said, for West Ham, there um, obviously they were a big club and in the relegation battle last year. So hopefully for their sake that they can kick on for this as we said tough run of fixtures on there but quickly go back on to Wolves um, they've been linked with Douglas Costa from Juventus um, as well obviously uh, his agent is Georgie uh, Mendes who's quite um, close to Wolves there and Juventus have said that they're looking to offload him so whether or not that'll get done um, they're also interested like Man United and loads of other clubs in um, that Milik from Napoli and Newcastle um, are also interested so I think he turned down a move to go to Rome or if Pell through for 
um, for some reason. But Connor Cody as well, um, getting his 201st appearance. Obviously, he reached his 200th against Man City last week. Um, we'll quickly move on to Monday then. Um, Fulham had a terrible performance, uh, this time losing a home to 3-0 to Aston Villa. Goals from Jack Greenish, Mahunaran and um, Tyrone Mings. Um, I think Mings got all three assists in the end, um, which was a rare away win for Villa in our one. Now, see, they've signed um, Ross Barkley on loan from Chelsea, which is a, a great signing for for them. Um, but the last game of the game week was involving your team, Lloyd Arsenal, um, probably the biggest game of the um, game week. Liverpool winning 3-1 there. Lacazette put Arsenal ahead after Andy Robertson um, mistake. And then three minutes later, Mane equalised before Robertson scored himself. And then Diego Jota come off the bench to make his debut and, and scored. But you have got to say something um, about the Andy Robertson goal. Now, I've picked this up and I know a few other sources have. That he controlled it with his chest and then controlled it against his arm. Now, you have obviously seen them given as probably a, a handball, but um, same with Jota as well. He controlled it, then he's hit his arm, so probably could have been a handball. But one of the main ones was, and a lot of people, Lloyd, um, said this was a red card, was the challenge from Marnie in the first few minutes on um, Tierney. You, did you think it was a red? Uh, well, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's a red. I'm, le- I'm definitely leaning towards yellow. And the only reason why I think it would be red is because I'm an Arsenal fan. And I do think if Mario was sent off, the game would go very differently. But like, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a red. But like, it, it's one of the red cards. Sometimes you can see it get given. But like, VAR, I'm going to say it's a red. Like, if it isn't given as red, it's just not Like, no one's going to do it. And like, you, can't, you can't only complain. That it was, and because it, it wasn't very, oh, like, I, I just don't really think it was a red. Yeah, and um, he, yeah, I know Roy Keane had a bit of a um an argument with Jurgen Klopp on um, Sky afterwards, um, claiming that it was a sloppy performance, and I think Roy Keane was right. It was a bit, wouldn't say a complete sloppy performance from Liverpool. They did play um quite good football and. I think there were a few sloppy elements, but you also played good football as well, Max. Um, Lacazette, if, if only put that chance away, the the game could have gone um, way different. Possibly you winning or even getting a point. Um, how did you rate your um, performance against Liverpool, Matt, uh, Lloyd? Uh, oh, I th- I think it, it was okay. It, it wasn't our best performance, so we have played better. We probably could have played better. Like uh, f- the f- first goal was good. Like it-, it was quite lucky coming off the Robson mistake. But then it was a decent finish by Lacazette. And then for the goal Manny scores, it- like it it wasn't the best defensively from well, anyone really. And then from there on, we d- we just really get dominated. And like it- like it- yeah, we-, we just got dominated. Like Robertson scored then as well. And then obviously Jota got the late uh, the late. Winner to really seal the game, but honestly, when uh, when Dennis Ceballos came on from the 60 minutes onwards, uh, I definitely think that we we controlled the game like a lot more than we were, and it it was a much more equal game then. Uh, like he was, he played amazing when he came on, Dennis Ceballos. Like he, he made some amazing 
amazing passes through onto Eddie Nketiah and Lacazette, whilst Lacazette was on the pitch. And it, well, he, he completely changed the tempo of our game, basically. Like, it, we, we don't really create many chances at the moment because we've done the most creative midfield. But, like, the chances we do create, we normally finish. And with, with Ceballos, uh, putting him through to Eddie Nketiah, is a great play because Nketiah is obviously a great goal poacher. But I, I wouldn't say it's our best. It wasn't our best ones. We could have done better. But it is against like the best team in the league, or arguably one of the best in the world, if not the best. And like their press is insane. No, yeah, and as you said there, that um, interesting you touched about the press there. That Jamie Carragher said that's probably why um, the likes of Firmino gets assists, not as many goals, um, but. Klopp, um, he did say that Klopp probably starts him because of the pressing and it does work, we saw that against Chelsea from um, Mane as well and obviously they brought in Jota and their assistant manager said that he's as gifted as Salah Firmino and Mane which is a bit questionable but um, as you said Liverpool probably um, one of the best teams if not like you said the best team in the world, very um, probably are going to win the Premier League this year, another 10 to 11 on the odds. Um, but for, uh, going forward now, Lloyd, um, you've talked a lot about it on um, previous shows, but obviously five days to go in the transfer window. Can you see any more incomings or outgoings? Uh, yeah, I, I can I can definitely see some incomings in, obviously, Hussamao and Thomas Party. But recently there's been a lot more development in the, in the outgoing area with uh, Sage Kolozanac has been very very strongly linked with by Leverkusen. And I believe the deal is uh, very almost done, but not completely officially announced. For like, I think it's 11 million euros and then add-ons, which is a great price. And it's a, it's a lot of wages off the bill as well. He's on 100k a week. And it, his contract was structured really weirdly as well. And he was getting 40,000 every time he played a game. It's like, that, that's very nice to get off the wage trail. And then there's also Lucas Tuejua. It was very uh, like doing very good talks with Atletico Madrid, and according to Fabrizio Romano, the deal is expected to happen, which is a very good sign as well, considering we do want Thomas Partey from Atletico. So hopefully we are trying to negotiate on both of those deals at once. Uh, and then we also have uh, Mustafi to Lazio, uh, which I, I I think is for around 12 million. There's not really any solid links yet. But it, it is a transfer which could happen. And for 12 million euros, uh, like you'd buy, you'd buy your hand off of there. Like he's a good friend, but he's very error prone. And like he's on high wages as well, probably around the 100k mark. And at the moment in our club, we have nine centre backs. So we should definitely be trying to get way more of them out for the end of the window. But I think we'll have a very busy window by the end. Hopefully two incomings and at least three outgoings. Yeah, um, where do we stand on the um, hospital incomings? As you said, party there. Um, what about your other incoming of the? Is it the Leon midfielder? Yeah, Husamawa. I feel like I've talked to him every day for the past three months, probably. Uh, well, there's just there's been a lot more, a lot more links. Normally, normally solid links. Apparently, we've. Apparently, we're going to put in a new bid for over 40 million euros, which is a lot closer to what they what they want for him. And I I, I believe like uh, the negotiator is very hard to deal with, like very hard. 
like he's he's very well known for being horrible to negotiate with. Uh, so I believe like a, like they put out reports saying like Juventus are interested. So I think they are trying to hurry us up. So I do believe the deal will be completed quite soon. And I think we're going for quite a good price as well. Yeah, it was interesting about that that they've already signed a replacement from um, AC Milan. They've signed Lucas Baguetta, um, and it looks like that former Arsenal player Jeff Rain um, Adelaide's going to rent as well. So it does look like that one's going to happen. As you said, Partier possibly most, like you said, I think personally will go ahead. But as we said, transfers have um, changed before. Um, so that's basically it for this week's show. Um, let's quickly go through the um, table after three games. Leicester are top on nine, um, followed by Liverpool and Everton, all unbeaten after their three, first three games. Um, also have a 100% record despite playing two games of Villa. Then it's Arsenal, Palace, Leeds, Tottenham, Chelsea, Newcastle and West Ham all playing three. In the bottom half, Brighton um, three from uh, three. Man City and Man United obviously only played two. We're both on three level on goal difference. And then downwards, uh, Southampton, Wolves and West Brom then. Burnley in the relegation zone in 18th, obviously only playing twice on zero points. And then Sheffield United and Fulham yet to get off um, the mark. These are the uh, last fixtures then before the international break on um, Saturday the 3rd of October. Chelsea played Palace at half 12 on BT, which is followed by Everton Brighton at three. At uh, half five, Leeds play Man City, um, Bielsa v Pep there, very um, exciting clash. That'll be at half five uh, before Newcastle play Burnley again on Sky 8 o'clock. Um, on Sunday then, a very busy day. Two games um, pretty much on at the same time in the morning. Uh, Leicester play West Ham. Uh, Southampton play West Brom, both at 12 on BT. Your lot, uh, Lloyd, Arsenal play Sheffield United and Wolves play Fulham, um, both at 2 o'clock on Sky. We play Tottenham, um, half four. I think, personally, myself, I think we'll win that one. Um, I don't know about you, Max. Do you think Tottenham will, Tottenham will win? Oh, yeah, to be fair... And you've put some great performances together so far. Really, it's barnstorming. <laughs> I just think it's typical us that we go and um, we'll struggle against Palace or Brighton and we'll go and beat a big team. Now. We've done that before. Um, yeah, that kicks off at half four. And then it all rounds off um, with Aston Villa v Liverpool at court past seven um, there in that one. So that's it for um, this week's show. As we said, we'll be back next week reviewing the last round of Premier League fixtures before the international break. And we'll be looking back at what hopefully will be a, a busy deadline day for all our clubs. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Oh